Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Dean Blundell Network proudly brings to you your favorite NFL podcast on the network, the loudmouth Chris Phillips, the brewmaster Steve Fisher, the ball Hawks podcast. All right, welcome everybody to the Ball Hawks podcast on this beautiful 41 degree sunny Okanagan Sunday. Um, wow, as Mickey would say, what a hot dog. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are here in the central Okanagan. It is blazing hot. It is supposed to get hotter for the next four days. We've seen some followers of ours on Twitter. Uh, like in Portland, I know I saw one guy say it's uh, 100 and I think it said 111 on there. So, you know, in in Canada land, that would be about 44 ish degrees. So, um, yeah, obviously, I'm your host, Steve Fisher. You can find me on Twitter at SSFisher87. And I am joined by my co-host, Christopher Barley Phillips. Did I throw you for a loop on this one? Yeah, I have no idea who you're talking about, but uh, I guess um, just to fill in the blank there, I'll go hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe you don't know that one. Barley. That's from Onward. On, oh, Ian I, and Barley. I, I, I haven't, uh, I've maybe only seen that a couple times. Oh, it's a, it's um, a good one. I think you're going to have, it's, uh, it's the one that uh, the me, I, I guess you could call him the main character or the one of the co-main characters is voiced by Chris Pratt. That's yeah, Ian. Yeah, and, and, and the other then, one's uh, Tom Holland. Right. So yeah. a little bit of a star-studded, uh, I guess, is that Pixar? I think I think I, that one would be... I think, I think yeah. so. I, I always I, have a tough time. Didn't that one come out at like... Oh no, Soul came out at Christmas. Right. I, I can't remember when Onward came out, but like I said, I, I've only seen it maybe two or three times yes, i finally um, stumped you on one of these yeah there it's one go. of those ones that I, I definitely need to watch a little <laughs> bit more um but my kids have been so into like I, I mean all carter wants to watch is uh mickey mouse clubhouse oh, so um, good. olivia is getting to the stage where she wants to start watching those uh kind of like i guess preteen type shows mm. like her favorite right now is uh is a show called jesse Okay. And she's watching it every night when I get home from work and I sit down on the couch and I change the channel because I'm like, nope, <laughs> dad, dad's not into this one. Uh, Sorry, but yeah, hey, guys, happy to be here. Uh, it is, of course, uh, as Steve said, a beautiful uh, Okanagan summer day, which I don't know, man, it's a little bit too hot for me. 
Uh, you can find me over on Twitter as well at PhillipsChris12. And of course, don't forget to follow the uh, Ballhawks underscore pod account over on Twitter, over on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, although we've been a little bit lacking on the YouTube side of things, um, be sure to give us a follow. Yeah, and we are also proud members of the Dean Blundell Network. Uh, you can find us there, deanblundell.com. Uh, I've also been lacking on my blog posts. I started out hot, but then it became way too hot, and I blame the heat for that. It's it's kind of funny, right? It's it's one of those things where, you know, when, when I first moved to Kelowna, uh, I noticed the heat right away where other people you know, kind of get climatized to it. And I think the first year I was here, there was two days that hit 40 degrees. And I was like, what did I get myself into? This is like, I love the heat. Everyone who knows me knows that I could live in the heat year round. Um, I wear shorts and t-shirt year round. Like I, I love the heat. I love being in beach wear. Um, I love being at the beach. This is getting a little hot, but I will not complain about it because, uh, you know, the old grass is always greener on the other side. I don't know if the grass is actually greener from where we live. Here it might be a little burnt. (laughs) The grass is always browner on the other side. Yeah, it might be a little burnt, but uh, yeah, don't live in the Okanagan if you don't like the heat. Um, Those same people that complain that it's too hot are the ones in February when it's like, or maybe like spring break and it's 25, 30 degrees already. And then you have people in Calgary who are still shoveling their driveways and it's in the negative. So I won't complain. I'll take some 40 degree weather, put, pump up the ice packs, get the AC going, have an extra bevy. Um, I won't complain about it. I'll complain. <laughs> Yeah, you're a light. A lot of the life for Kelowna people that that I know, including my wife, um, the the heat seems to be a lot too much for them. I guess. I love the warm weather, but like anything above twenty eight is just too much. Oh no way! Uh, yeah, anything above twenty eight is too much, and like, and I guess the other thing too is that you're you know talking about getting climatized to it. It's like we've barely had summer, and all of a sudden it's like bam 40 degrees <laughs> like in your face yeah. right like it's just like it's it's too much too soon um I, you know talking about when you first moved to Kelowna like it is a little bit different too because I mean we both lived in uh Kamloops as well for a, a bit of time and like Kamloops gets hot but Kamloops is a really it, it, it's it's True. a desert hot right yeah. so it's a more dry heat um not that Kelowna is super humid but it is a more humid uh you know 40 degrees so like i i went outside I, I was texting you earlier i had my parents over for dinner tonight and the kids you know whenever my parents come over they i mean christ whenever i leave for work um they they want to stand at the door and they want to wave goodbye <laughs> and blow kisses and yell at you and hope yeah. that you honk the horn and yada yada <laughs> the, you know the, the whole works and uh, so the kids were outside waving by to my parents. And, of course, you know, I have to go outside and make sure that they don't run out onto the street or something like that. <laughs> and I step out of my house and it's I mean, we're very lucky. We have central air. So my house is nice and cool. But I step outside into that heat. and It's like getting smacked in the face. Yeah. Like, it's just brutal. Yeah, it's definitely a lot. Um, I was saying earlier, I actually posted on Twitter, like 40 just hits different, doesn't it? 
Like, I think yeah. it's supposed to cool down by like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night our time to like 34 degrees. And normally that's a hot day. Like 34 degrees is a nice hot summer day. Um, that's going to feel cold because 40 just hits different. I think I have felt 40 degree weather like I can count on one hand how many times I've felt it. Even the, you know, what is it? I'm almost on 10 years in Kelowna and it's been a while since we've hit 40 here. The first year I was here, I think there was two days in a row that hit 40. And then it seems like, you know, one year it might go up to like high 30s, but never touch 40. Um, 40 is just a different animal. And if the the trend continues I, I think I saw today that it's supposed to get to 43 tomorrow, 44 Tuesday, 44 Wednesday. So American listeners, that's what, like 108, no, like 111 to 115, yeah. something like that. Um, yeah. It's hot. I have never, I don't think I've ever felt 44 degree weather. I think the only time I might have, and I just didn't know, uh, was the first time I went to Vegas with my buddy. And we stepped out of McCarran Airport. And yeah, same thing. It just smacked you in the face. And I was like, whoa, it is hot around here. But then, of course, it's Vegas. You know, we've, we're in shorts and not wearing our shirts. We're at the other end of the strip. And all of a sudden, it drops like 25 degrees. And we're like, whoa, we got to go like buy some sweaters or something. It's freezing around here. Um yeah, and before we get on to our Around the NFL news, the Around the Christopher Phillips news, we have a proud owner of a DK Metcalf jersey. I cannot believe I, it is taking us this it. <laughs> He's not wearing it right now, for those of you listening. And it, we're about eight and a half minutes into the pod, and he has not taken a chance to say that he is a proud owner of Darren Kenneth Metcalf. I don't know. I made that up. DeKalen Metcalf. DeKalen? Is that what it is? DeKalen. Yeah, it's okay. DeKalen. Well, you learned something um, new every day. Okay, but like, I'm going, yeah, I can't believe I forgot to wear it. I was fully like, all week it showed up. I was like, oh my God, like I sent you a picture right away. Yeah. Like, look at this. Right, like I'm so excited. Um, it's too hot to wear a jersey right now. Like, I mean, you can see, like I've got no, I have no sleeves on right now. Um, I mean, even in my in my basement, where like most nights I'm I'm wearing a hoodie when we're recording, um, because it's so cold in my basement. Like I couldn't even put on sleeves. I do still have slippers on though. I'm yeah. gonna, yeah. Um, yeah, for all of yes, you that are kind of D, new. I have a DK Metcalf jersey. <laughs> for those of you that are Sorry. kind of new to the pod, um, I was kind of giving Chris a hard time maybe like five, six weeks ago or something like that because he is just yeah. the cheapest human being when it comes to paying for duties, paying for American pricing. And I kind of had my heyday with him. And uh, he's getting the last laugh because he is the owner of the jersey he wanted. He did not have to pay all those prices and uh, it worked out well for him. So hopefully maybe after this, yeah, maybe after this heat wave, you can uh, sport it for us one of these days. I will. Yeah. The uh, NFL Canada website finally got the uh, limited vapor Jersey uh, in stock, which is 
the you know step above the screen print but the step below the actual on-field jersey because i mean guys i don't make that much money um <laughs> i don't have that te- i don't have that teacher salary um <laughs> but uh yeah so i i didn't have to pay duty because it was coming from canada uh they had a promotion for free shipping so i even got free shipping uh, and I guess even better is, I mean, on the uh, American website, it was listed for $150 uh, U.S., uh, but on the Canadian website, it was also $150. So I guess in that sense, I got a discount, too. Yeah. Um, okay, let's get into some around the NFL news. Uh, we tend to record on Sundays and then Mondays come along and all the cool things happen. I have no idea why this has been going on this NFL offseason, but that's how it works. Uh, the first one that happened last Monday was the news of Carl Nassib. Do you want to take that one away? Sorry, I muted myself for a second there. Um, <laughs> Good podcast. Yeah. We do podcast. Yeah. I was, nobody wanted to hear me burp. True. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, Carl Nassib um, became the, uh, didn't, I guess, sorry, uh, of the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, became the first active, openly gay NFL player last week. Uh, posted a video, I believe, on Instagram, I want to say. Um, I, I mean, I saw it on Twitter, but I think that's where he initially posted it was Instagram, uh, you know, kind of saying, like, I wanted to do this for, for a long time, uh, but I'm gay. Uh, I didn't really, like, I mean, it wasn't like, hey, guys, like, look at me. Like, it was just like, I wanted to do this for a long time. There's a lot of people out in this world that are uh, struggling uh, with who they are, and they don't have the ability to, uh, you know, live their life who they are, and this is who I am. I am a gay man. I play in the NFL, and that's that's that um so i i thought it was uh you know really good video uh really uh great way to um i guess announce that news and i know you and i have talked about this as like you know we both feel like the world in this day and age like it 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 shouldn't be big news um but it is because i mean it is still it is still an issue and there are still a lot of the LGBTQ uh, plus uh, people in that community that do struggle uh, with their day to day lives and um, having somebody with the uh, platform that Carl Nassib has um, is huge. Yeah. You said it perfectly there, man. Um, It shouldn't be an issue, but the fact of the matter is, it is because if you saw a lot of the pushback, like there was so much support, so much love for this guy and his message using his platform uh, to impact a community that uh, is underrepresented in society. And uh, yeah, it, it shouldn't be, but you see so much of that backlash, even on his posts about, you know, Oh, this is silly. Why should this be news? It's news because these people are not being represented as equally as other members of society. That's why it's news. We're saying it shouldn't be news because 
we should all just be good freaking human beings and just love and care for everybody. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think you said it really awesome. Uh, the other part was he donated a hundred thousand dollars to Trevor project, uh, to show his support and make a difference there. So they, um, I'm not sure what they use the money for. I, I didn't really look into what they use the money for in their charitable cause, but, um, that was great. And then the, the other kind of thing that, uh, came about that is his jersey became the number one selling jersey across the NFL, which was super, super cool. Um, ag- again, it's just showing that there are a lot of people who support love for everybody. And he's using his platform, like he said, to um, just give voice to people who feel like they don't have as equal of a voice. And if you can't see that yourself, um, you're probably fairly privileged and you don't understand uh, what it is yet. So that was really cool news Monday morning. I don't know when this next one came out, um, but it's kind of been talked about for a lot of the off season. And that's the tight end university held by uh, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey and Greg Olson. And so Um, I've been listening to a lot of podcasting on my way to work. And the big thing with this one was who was going to get invited? Like, are you just going to invite everybody? And this is their first year of actually doing it. And they got some pretty cool sponsors and were able to like put everybody up. But I think, oh, don't quote me on this, but I want to say there was 46 invites. And the big notable one who was not invited was Tim Tebow, the tight end of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tim Tebow was not invited to tight end university. What do you think? <laughs> um, I, I was trying to get your attention there. I just wanted to add one last thing to the Carl Nassib. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, you know, that's, that's okay. I, I just wanted to add one last thing. Like, to see how much of a big deal this is, like, just you and I, talking about this and seeing about like you know what an impact it has in the world um i get goosebumps talking about it and i'm not a part of the lgbtq plus community um so if that's how i feel you can only imagine how the people that are a part of that community and especially the youth that are a part of that community um how it makes them feel seeing someone like that um, re- representing them and, and, and their community. So I just wanted to add that really quick. Um, tight end you, uh, the you, right? <laughs> not quite. <laughs> uh, not, not quite. Um, fun fact, uh, when I was like 10 years old, the U was actually my favorite school. Uh-huh. Um, I And I have no like no way of explaining it. Uh, my, wife, my wife and I have been watching uh, Young Rock and of course, the rock went to Miami and I think that's why I keep telling there. I'm like the U was my favorite. Like the U, 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 the U, U. Um, well, when you like, were well, about 10 years old, that probably would have been right around the time that Ed Reed would have been tearing it up at the U. So that, that would make uh, a lot of sense. I think he was like, like 2000 or 2001. Oh dude. It was I'm like his peak that, years. I'm not that young. Uh, well, you're pretty young. 96, bud. 96. <laughs> uh, was when I was 10 years old. Um, and honestly, if I could probably break it down to one thing, it was probably the colors. I don't know. 
Um, <laughs> or I mean, I'm sure they probably were good in 96, but I'm, I don't know. Orange and green probably caught my eye. I also liked the Mighty Ducks when I was 10 years old. So, um, Fair. yeah, the, the tight end you, uh, Tim Tebow. Um, suck it, nerd. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tony Khan, you know, he's probably really trying to get you there. He's probably really desperate to get you there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, you know, the real recognize real and, uh, you're not a tight end, bud. You're, uh, <laughs> in, enjoy the broadcast booth this season. Well, the funny part um, was, is they were, I, I can't remember which one of the three they were interviewing. I think it was Greg Olson, like super well-spoken, really humble guy. And they're like, so why wasn't he like prodding him to why wasn't Tebow invited? And instead of saying the dude's not a tight end yet because he's hasn't played it. He was like, well, you know, we have a lot of guys who have really put in their time and, you know, they're, they're veterans of the league. And we kind of want to just we had limited numbers, yada, yada, yada. In the back of his mind, he's like dude might not even make the 90 man roster. Although yeah. you you heard it here first that he is making the 53 man roster. He'll make the 90, he won't make the 53. Um but it, it's hilarious to hear that from Greg Olson, you know, like oh like this guy's like he's not really like putting his time yet in the league and then meanwhile you you know see the videos and there's rookie Kyle Put, Kyle Pitts at tight end you like uh you know <laughs> doing drills with with Travis Kelsey and it's just like so like obviously it's just like one of those things like you know th- this is a family friendly show um so I'm not gonna say the f word um uh, but th- you know it's almost like Kittle Olsen and Kelsey were like yeah like beat a bud you're, yeah. you're not you're not you're not one of us yet. That's so funny that you said that phrase. That is the first thing I thought of when I heard him talking. I was like, he's just telling him to beat it, like beat it, bud, beat it. How you doing? Keep it moving. Yeah. And then uh, along with the tight end university, uh, you uh, you had mentioned earlier that you haven't seen clips. So we'll just mention this in passing. You've got to go back and listen to some of the Travis Kelsey things. I think there's a clip where Greg Olson is like trying to do like a little welcome thing. And thanks, you know, thanks to our sponsors. Thanks to you for coming out. And Kelsey's just in the like near four slash background. Like he's far enough away where he's not directly in the mic, but he's close enough where he's like in the immediate camera shot. And you just hear him. He's like, woo, woo, let's go like just screaming at the top of his lungs and of course you're like yes that's totally Travis Kelsey and I think the caption was like tight end university is just an excuse for Travis Kelsey to party (laughs) (laughs) which I mean let's let's be real any boys weekend is just an excuse to party like oh yeah babe like you know I remember a few years a few years ago going down to uh, Vancouver uh, for a lacrosse tournament and uh i mean this is probably 10 years ago actually uh oh yeah babe like just you know gonna go play lacrosse with the boys and next thing you know it's you know coming home with a mustache that's dyed black and it was just a boys weekends hit different man they they they, you're talking about 40 degrees hitting different boys weekends hit different for sure um, one of the actually cool videos that I did see that came out of tight end you, which I, I, I don't know if you saw, I'm sure you did being a part of Raven's Twitter. 
Um, the video of, uh, I think it was Mark Andrews, Hayden Hurst, and Darren Waller all hanging out. So that's kind of cool. Just and, an yeah, old school bromance reunion. Yeah, I saw a couple, you know, Ravens Twitter guys, uh, you know, getting a little nostalgic over those three guys hanging out. and Oh, you know, my goodness. And- Imagine the Ravens still had all three of those guys. Like, yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty. There's a reason why both of those guys left and Andrews is still there. But if the fact that they're so tight end heavy and they could have all three of those dudes, maybe and Nick Boyle, you could see some like four tight end sets like that's such a wild group of just different skill set type tight ends. They do a really good job of blocking for your running back quarterback. (sighs) Yeah. Beat it, bud. (laughs) Beat it. So only first because time I've had an opportunity to take a shot at you on air. So. Yeah, only because this is a family friendly <laughs> show. We'll say beat it, bud. Um, we're moving on from that because you've annoyed me. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the NFL has now approved the use of alternate helmets starting in 2022. I know you saw this news. Um, which one are you just as the old school kids used to say, Jones in to see. Jones in for that throwback. Um, <laughs> and that's the thing is like, um, a lot of this alternate helmet use is really just opening the doors for throwback helmets. So we're going to see, you know, probably the Patriots bring back their throwback. Uh <laughs> The Tennessee Titans probably rocking the Houston Oilers throwback, um, which, you know, depending who you ask on Twitter, should the Titans wear that? Should the Texans wear that? Some people, <laughs> some people say neither team should wear that. So Fair. I don't know. Either way, you're pissing off somebody. So good for them. Uh, you know, you have the, the creamsicle Buccaneers. You have the Broncos. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing a few here. Oh, the Eagles, which is yeah. actually going to be a really nice looking one if they do bring that back. The but LT Chargers. Obvious... What's that? Sorry. The LT Charger Bolt. The L- yes, oh. yeah. I, I actually, I saw somebody um, bring that up on Twitter um, with you know the the Chargers recently brought back like or I guess didn't bring back, but they have those navy jerseys now without the weird white shoulder yeah. strip thing. Um, so those jerseys would look would look unreal with the Navy helmets as well, um, which, uh, my opinion, the Chargers have the best set of uniforms in the entire NFL, mm. except for the powder, except for the powder blues. I hate the powder blues. OK, one of the yeah, I'm one of the few that hates them. Yeah. Um, but obviously, I mean, I would be we are talking about this a little bit off air. Um, I would be an idiot not to say that the one that I'm most looking forward to uh, is the Seahawks bringing back the silver helmet, the blue face mask, the Steve Largent era, the rookie Sean Alexander era. If you want to you know, be a little more recent um, Royal blue emerald green uh, throwback jerseys. Fans have been calling for them for years and years. Uh, I'm really glad I just bought a DK Metcalf jersey just in time to have to buy another one next year when they bring back the throwbacks. That's one of those things you call a good problem to have. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, my, my, obviously. I my do. wife and checkbook might think otherwise, but that's okay. <laughs> actually, well, actually, the good thing is know, she I, we... I will say my, my wife 
as an anniversary gift. It was our anniversary last week. Um, she gave me more closet space. And the first thing I said to her was like, thank you. That gives me more space for to buy more jerseys. Wow. So she's, she was looking ahead to probably next year with the, the throwbacks as well. I was going to say, we know we both know and have established that she doesn't listen to this, so you're totally safe here in terms of, uh, you know, saying you're going to buy that. We, we both know you're going to. Uh, it's a good problem to have. You've earned this one. Go do it for all of us. Um, yeah, obviously, the... Uh, there, there's so many good ones, right? Um, I was looking on on Twitter earlier today, and if you guys haven't seen it, you'll have to just Google it or find it. Um, this guy posted a couple of Ravens variations that aren't really like they're not throwbacks. They're it just says they're able to use alternate helmets. So I think that's where this guy was going with it, and. Uh, He's got a white shell with gold uh, cage. And uh, it looks like two kind of like purple stripes coming up. It looks pretty cool. It would be really cool with like some white jerseys or maybe like an all white uniform. Um, I'm a big fan of like one solid color. But the one everyone was talking about was this uh, purple chrome helmet. And it looks so badass. Like, I could just see them having these chromed out, shiny purple helmets with their all black uniforms uh, looking like, I don't know, death troopers or something like that. But the one I'm going to go with, and it's, oh, yeah, we uh, we were talking about this off air and you said you were pretty sure you knew which one I was going to go with. Which one did you think I'm going to go with? So I, I told you there was two. There was two, yeah. And I think I think it's going to either be the Patriots or the Buccaneers. And I want to say, even though they're an AFC rival, I want to say it's going to be the Patriots. Look, that's why they call me the wild card of this show. It is definitely not the Patriots. I won't pick a damn thing that they wear. It's and the Bucks. There was that that was playing in my mind as well, where I was like, "Wow, oh, they are in the AFC," and Steve's probably like, "Beat it, bud." <laughs> yeah. No, it actually but doesn't have our, anything that's to our do new with that. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely doesn't have anything to do with that. Um, You know, you and I worked at Jersey City for many years. Um, We love cool jerseys, cool helmets. Anything that, you know, players wears is kind of fun for us nerds. I have been an avid supporter of the Buccaneers creamsicle jerseys. I want them to wear them all the time. Um, I don't know who this guy is. He's verified on Twitter. Trevor Sikama. Um he posted Brady in the creamsicle jerseys with the throwback Buccaneer on the side. And the caption is like God intended. <laughs> and these things are just, again, I know I've said it on the show a bunch of times, but the uglier the Jersey, probably the better it is. In my opinion, I love those jerseys where it's just like, what were they thinking? Like they're so disgusting. You have to like them. Um, but it, I, I, I think that's our approach from a nostalgic standpoint, right? Like to see your team come out week after week in these creams of cold jerseys, you're like, what the <laughs> hell are they wearing? Right? It's like, well, they'll never from be a able to do that. Standpoint. We, we like it. I mean, some people, again, going back to hockey as, as we do right regularly, 
a lot of people don't like the skate jersey for the Canucks, right? And like, right. a lot of people are saying that, well, you only like it because of nostalgic reasons, which is probably true. Um, so I, I, I could see that with with the Bucks a little bit as well. Um, and I would like to at least, I'm taking a half point here because I did say the Bucks or the Patriots. I just, I guess I, I, I uh, flipped the coin wrong as to guessing which one you would pick. This is not the NHL. You are not awarded loser points for uh, losing taking, in I'm, overtime. No, so I wanted a loser point. Did yeah. um, Sorry, quickly, did you see what uh, Bobby Wagner said about the alternate helmets? No. Uh, so, I mean, of course, everyone's like, oh, alternate helmets, like throwbacks are coming, throwbacks are coming, throwbacks are coming, like silver helmets, royal blue jerseys, blah, 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 blah. And uh, Bobby Wagner tweeted, no, we're pushing for black jerseys. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Now, if, which, like, oh, my goodness, I am such a huge fan. Like, I just said, obviously, with that Ravens helmet, an all-white jersey would kind of be fun. Um, I am such a huge fan of any all-black jerseys. Like, the Jets all-blacks hit hard. The, the Eagles all-black jerseys hit hard. Like... There's just something mean about them. There's something, I don't know, maybe it's because they look like Darth Vader running around there. I don't know what it is. They just, they look mean. They look nasty. It looks like you came there to mess the other team up. That would be so cool. Yeah, they're they're talking about, uh, I guess, you know, according to Bobby, uh, all black with, you know, I mean, of course, they would still have the, the, the green uh, accents um black helmet green accents um again um the other interesting conversation that came from of course seahawks twitter is you know with the alternate helmets like okay so they can potentially introduce a new jersey but does that mean they have to get rid of one of the current four that they have and if they get rid of one do they get rid of the wolf gray or the action green um and of course, that that kind of divided Seahawks Twitter hmm. as well. Which I'm going to actually go out and say, eliminate the white, yeah. make your make your away jersey the wolf gray. Yeah, keep your keep your action green, and introduce the throwback. Um, but the, the even Seahawks, that would even that would def, uh, divide fan bases too, because then you've got oh, like yeah. you know the traditionalists versus the contemporaries, and yeah, I mean it, it, if the the rams i guess kind of started that trend though like if you look at the rams away jerseys uh they're i think they called them like bone white and they <laughs> look like they were just white jerseys that were washed in hard water like they're just the most <laughs> off color white that you can like that you watch them and you're like are they white or like like what what's going on like did they forget to wash them this week it's like, like bath water so white. I, yeah, and even then, like the, the Seahawks uh, wolf gray jerseys, like it's such a a light colored gray. Um, a lot of the times on the road, like of course the Seahawks are playing in like somewhere, say like Miami or even Arizona on a hot day. Arizona's gonna be like, nope, screw these guys. We're wearing our white jerseys, so you have to wear dark jerseys. Isn't Arizona uh, so a dome though? It is, yeah, but they 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 can open it. it it's retractable. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I or I'm, I'm, um, a couple of years ago, I know for sure this happened in Carolina. 
where Carolina wore whites because it was a really hot day. It was early in the season. So the Seahawks wore their navy blues with gray pants. Um, oh, yeah. I can't even, I, yeah, I, I can't even actually remember the last time the Seahawks wore their white pants. I, I think they've even reverted to wearing their gray pants with their white jerseys. Um, so it, it, I think it would be an easy switch to just see you later white jerseys. Let's make these grays our new aways and uh, keep the action green. Because I, I think people, the Seahawks really missed with the green jerseys uh, in the late 2000s. Um, you know, with the green jerseys, with the blue sleeves, they were really, really, really bad. Um, so when they brought out these color rush action green jerseys, um, I think people would, I mean, myself, I, I would miss them for sure yeah definitely um okay the uh, we got a couple more things on around the nfl um this one's a little more afc north i was excited for this one uh being a ravens fan that the steelers released uh guard david DeCastro. uh they ended up signing uh trey turner to i what i would only assume to be his replacement but my first reaction to that one was, um, you know, why? Why are they doing that? I text you that right away. I didn't really look into it. I was actually just getting my second dose uh, of my COVID vaccine. And I wasn't really looking into it. And you're like, well, he's injured. So it turns out uh, he had to get surgery on his ankle a third time. He tried to fix it and come back, but he had some bone spurs um, he said he played pretty bad. He's got to see how the surgery goes, but, uh, you know, essentially right now he's not on their team and for Ravens fans, that's a good thing. I text you saying he was kind of like one of the last of the, that nasty, big, mean, physical, dominant Steelers O line that was, uh, you know, protecting Ben and, paving the way for Lev Bell when he was, you know, the best running back in the game, arguably. Um, I will not miss seeing him line up on Sundays against the Ravens. He, yeah, like, he's just that prototypical. He's big. He's mean. He's nasty. You hate to play against him, but if he's on your team, you absolutely love this guy. So obviously, I, I hope things go well for him. I don't ever wish that a player, you know, is injured to end their career. That sucks. Um, they get Trey Turner back. I know this probably isn't as big of news for you being in the NFC West, but I thought I would just mention it quickly. The big star of around the NFL, Chris, <laughs> is Tom freaking Brady and his <laughs> comments on uh uh, I guess it's a show that they're airing. I don't even know where it's airing, but it's called The Shop uh, Uninterrupted. And man, did he make some waves. And the fr- again, instant reaction things. Tom Brady, not on the Patriots, is so much cooler than Tom Brady uh, on the Patriots. He was so lame for two decades. He wasn't allowed to say this. He didn't do that. And within not very much time at all, he is throwing Lombardis from ship to ship and he's appearing on TV shows 
And, you know, essentially this is family friendly. So I'm going to try and like not say the words, but, you know, give you the context for how it was. Um, so essentially when he was dealing with free agency and the Bucks were the ones who inevitably got him, there was other teams and there was this unidentified organization that backed out and his initial thought was, and I quote, you're sticking with that mother effer. Are you serious? (laughs) And then, uh, (laughs) of course, like that blew up everywhere and people, and I even posted this and I'm like, man, this is so hilarious that Tom Brady is like this, but we got to get to the fact who is that mother effer and who did, you know, we talked about it. Who did you initially think? Um, I just did a quick search there. I know you don't have crave, uh, but the shop is on crave. Okay. Um, it's, it's on HBO, um, for our American friends or for our Canadian friends, it's on crave. Um, so I will definitely watch that episode. Yeah. Um, I mean, initially, I think probably like everybody else, um, when that um, trailer dropped with that little tidbit of, you know, you're, you're sticking with that mother effer. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think myself, along with everybody else, all thought it was Jimmy Garoppolo in the 49ers. Um, there was a lot of talk last offseason that the 49ers were interested. Uh, they were apparently one of the last teams right, right to the wire to try to acquire Brady or sign Brady, I guess I should say. Um, so a lot of people thought it was Garoppolo. And then I saw over the last couple of days that, um, you know, maybe it was Mitch uh, Trubisky. But I don't think that's so much the case because Brady made it very well known that he didn't want to play uh, in cold weather anymore. So no, I don't think it was Trubisky. I mean, of course, those old bones don't work quite as well in that uh, cold weather, uh, which Chicago, of course, would have. Um, the one name that I haven't seen that I think actually might be an option is uh, Tannehill. I mean, Brady was linked to the Titans for, a, again, right to the wire. Um, so maybe it was Tannehill. I, I don't know. Yeah, I saw that name thrown out there a little bit too, which was kind of funny. Um, obviously, you know, I, I did see, I can't remember where I was reading it from, that there was a lot of link lately to it being uh, the Raiders, to which obviously Gruden responds, we love our quarterback. Yeah, of course you do. The the, uh, the guy that doesn't want to win anywhere else and will retire if you don't trade him from the Raiders. Yeah. Kind of, so, kind of convenient that a week later, Tom Brady comes out and says, you're sticking with that mother effer. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense that it could have been the Raiders. Um, because the big thing behind this was the team in question, uh, like declined him. It, you know, he was kind of looking around at potential suitors and they were like, nah, we're good. And so obviously the Raiders kind of make sense for that. I, th- I think the Titans could be in there. I, I do think it is the Raiders, though. Um, not once did I actually believe it was the 49ers. I didn't have a good guess as to who it was until I saw this thing about the Raiders. And I was like, 
yeah, you know what? That kind of does make a little bit of sense. Um, and the other funny thing is it, it goes on a little further in the show. I, I shouldn't be saying this because it's a little spoilers for those of you who want to listen to it. Um, who cares? But Brady goes out and says he's going to get his revenge on this team by saying, I'm going to go F you up because of that. So I, I'm thinking to myself, who do the Bucks play in the next year? Or okay. maybe, maybe it was last year, though. Like, maybe it was mm-hmm. last year. That I think that's it's, it's either going to be last year or this year. He's either saying it from last year's perspective, saying, you know, whoever's on the schedule, I'm going to go F you up. Or he's saying it right now in the offseason, saying, like, I've got a shot at you this year. And See, of course, that I makes me think that maybe it's more so an NFC team, right? Like, totally. You know, okay, that's your opinion. You're going to stick with that mother effer. Okay, well, I'm going to come in. I'm going to, you know, F you guys up because you gave me the shaft. So that makes me think that maybe it is more so the 49ers and maybe it is Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, Brady knows Garoppolo's game very, very well. <laughs> Uh, you know, he was his backup for a very long time. So maybe Brady does have that insight to be like, like, really? Like this guy? Like, yeah. Yikes. Points the finger. Now, here's yeah. a wild card one. And this is only from the perspective of uh, he's got to be talking about it in free agency here because that's who he was thinking of. But what if he was talking about Drew Brees or like anyone in the Saints? Uh, I don't know, man. Like, no, I don't think so. I, I, I think Brady has too much love and respect for Drew Brees to say, like, you're sticking with you're sticking with this guy. Like, um, yeah, I even though Brees was, in, you know, clearly in his last year, last year, last season, last year, last year, season, you know, I. Is there an echo in here? Um, <laughs> echo. <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't think Brady would say that about someone like Drew Brees. I think it's going to be more so one of those, I guess, younger, unproven quarterbacks or, you know, one of those younger quarterbacks that has maybe shown that, like, hey, maybe I am a bit of an F up yeah. um, and maybe I should be replaced. Yeah, if if I was being honest, like that was my wild card one being like, because I'm just trying to think of what franchises he would have wanted to go to that were kind of ready to win now. The other one I thought of was Carolina. Um, obviously, they had yeah. uh, Bridgewater there who, you know, he's a high pick, but what he hasn't really done anything. He's just shown that he's probably more suited to be a perennial like quality backup player. And what about so, maybe a team like Min- Sorry to cut you no, off there. What about I, maybe a team like Minnesota? That's where I was going next to. Yeah. Where it's like right? they're, like they're there to win now. Like Tampa Tampa was kind of the perfect storm for him, though, because they have a good offense with, you know, very good wide receivers, very good offensive line, um, pretty serviceable running backs. I, I, I know I included uh, Lenny and Rojo in my um, you know, top running back duos a couple weeks or was that last week, two weeks ago? Um, but let's call them serviceable this week. Um, but also the big difference with the Buccaneers compared to a lot of those other teams, 
um, is that defense. That defense is unreal. They're super young. Uh, I, I know you didn't agree with me a couple weeks ago about, uh, you know, their DBs being, uh, you know, one of the top duos in the league. Um, but again, that that is what has me circling back to the 49ers. Yeah. Is the 49ers, again, good offense, really good young wide receivers, great tight end, which, I mean, we all know how much Brady loves his tight end, <laughs> uh, you know, serviceable run game. And they had, if it wasn't for injuries, a really, really legit top unit defense. Um, so it, it, it's going to be really hard for me to come off of that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Glad he didn't go to the 49ers. Give me Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. all day long because that guy is one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen play. <laughs> um, it just He's got the Jimmy legs. I'm pretty sure he closes his eyes when he throws the ball. Um, I've just I've never seen somebody so nervous in the pocket uh, than Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, but yet that's why I think it that's why I think it was San Fran. And he's a California kid. Yeah, fair. Brady. All, all I care about from this is, you know, the way things are going, for sure we're going to know in our lifetime who this mother effer was, the way Brady's been, like, going off. Um, you know, he's going to let something slip, whether it's in his older age or whatever. Uh, I just want to see more of this from Brady. Like, I love the personality of Brady now. Like, we always knew he was arrogant and cocky, but we didn't know he was, like, next level trolling funny so you know glad he's out of the yeah. afc um glad he's showing a little bit of personality arrogant cocky and funny yeah somebody just give that man some more avocado uh tequila is that what it was that he was drinking when he was being carried <laughs> off that boat <laughs> that's all you need uh let's get into a little fantasy football talk right now uh, last week, we kind of started it off on our way too early fantasy football stuff. But, you know, I think a lot of leagues are kind of shaping up in terms of maybe just getting together. I know you're still working on our like, I don't know what we're going to call it, but our, our fantasy football league will we'll get the details of that. We still have people messaging us all the time or throughout right. the week saying we'd love to join. So we'll try to make it so everybody can join. We don't want you to feel like the Tim Tebow of uh, tight end university. So yeah, just, just to save face, I'm definitely working on that, guys. <laughs> it's still early. We'll get. We'll get Sorry, guys. I've I've been really busy. Yeah. I I haven't had a chance to. Steve and I haven't even talked about it. It's just life has been crazy right now. So. It's 41 degrees here, people. Yeah. The only yeah. thing I'm trying to do is not melt when i walk so uh once Guys, this I heat I snap i don't know if you've seen but i'm really really white so i just need to like really really be careful <laughs> in this hot weather so what you're saying is you should have more time inside it and devices um no yeah so we, we thought we would start a little fantasy football talk and we were kind of thinking of some topics that go in this sort of pre-drafting phase as you get geared up for fantasy football. Um, some of them are more uh, centered towards if you've never 
uh, I guess if you're sorry, not never, if you are not in like a keeper league, some of them are designed for if you are in a keeper league. But the first question, uh, you actually came up with this one and it was kind of like, who do you want across all leagues that you're playing in? Maybe what are those one or two names that you just, you want to hit and you think it's a smart idea for people to target? Give me a couple names here. Uh, yeah, going into this upcoming season, I'm going to look at this more from a redraft standpoint than a keeper standpoint. Um, so going into this season, a couple guys that I definitely want to have on my team, um, quarterback Jalen Hurts. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think if one thing that has really uh, stood out in the NFL for these last probably five years at least, uh, but probably even been more prevalent the last three years is those dual threat quarterbacks. Um, they, you know, they look pretty good in their first year, um, you know, both from a, you know, on field aspect and a fantasy aspect. Um, but then that second year, they always seem to take that leap. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray had a pretty good last, uh, pretty good season last year. You know, he wasn't, uh, I, I would have to check to see where he finished as far as like top five goes. I know he wasn't, wasn't QB one, um, but he still had a good year, but like, even like, you know, look at some of the quote unquote older guys, Russell Wilson as a dual threat quarterback is still very, very, uh, prominent in the fantasy world. Um, Deshaun Watson, again, I mean, Christ, Deshaun Watson's still really young, but he's been in the league for a few years. Um, so another guy that's still very prominent as a dual threat quarterback. And that's what Jalen Hurts has. Um, he's coming in. It's his second year. Uh, Carson Wentz isn't there. So, I mean, you know, the, the, the Eagles are saying like, oh, Hurts isn't our guy, but like he's their guy. And He's got more talent around him this year than he did last year. Uh, they added uh, they added Devonte Smith, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Uh, I think it was uh, the running back. Is it Kenneth Kenny Kenneth Gainwell? Yep. Um, which a lot of people are are really really hyped up on that guy as well. Um, so yeah, so Jalen Hurts is is a guy that I would definitely target in a lot of redraft leagues. Um, Running back, um, I mean, Derrick Henry, um, we all know, or Steve knows my feelings mm-hmm. uh, towards Derrick Henry. Um, I think you can fire him into the sun. Um, it, it, it's hard not to say, you know, talk, take one of the top guys, you know, uh, take a Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I, th- I think Dalvin Cook is going to have a really, really good year. Um, again, if he can stay healthy. Um, that that's the biggest thing with the running back is you know finding the guy that especially with them expanding the season this year to 17 games is finding that guy that can stay healthy um and i i I think this year for me it's gonna be probably um nick chubb actually Mm. um he uh, he is a guy that i wouldn't be surprised at all to be finished as rb1 uh wide receiver god there's so many good wide receivers in this league um and i'm going to be a homer on this one i'm taking dk metcalf i want dk metcalf everywhere (laughs) um and i'm just gonna leave it at that because you guys all know i'm a homer so i'm just gonna leave it at that (laughs) um tight end um i mean I, i i saw a thing 
on Twitter either this morning or yesterday. Like, you know, Travis Kelsey's been the tight end one for, you know, how many seasons and uh, surely he's going to fall off and who's going to be the tight end one this year. Uh, I'm only going to give it to him this season and this season alone because I think after this year, someone else will take his spot. Um, But a guy that I think will be uh, phenomenal for the tight end position is Darren Waller. Really good picks. All those very, very good picks. Um, Ooh. I was going to, I didn't know which way we were going with this. I didn't know if we were going top level guys, if we were going sort of like, who do you like flying under the radar? Um, Quarterback, I'm going to start with Justin Fields. I know we probably were going to talk rookies at some point. Um, I know they've got QB1 Andy Dalton there. I know Matt Nagy has said that Andy Dalton is starting the season. I also know that Matt Nagy is stupid and that Andy Dalton is very, very average at best. And Justin Fields is absolutely electric. Uh, He's going to have a running game there. He's going to have a bunch of tight ends. He's going to have a a tight end there. Um, You know, he's going to have weapons to work with. He's that dual threat that you were just talking about. Those are the quarterbacks I like. So when you're having like a bad game through the air, you still pick up those points uh, with your legs. You're always a threat to take those touchdowns uh, in the red zone. So uh, give me some value on Justin Fields. If I'm going to go wide receiver, uh, it's pretty easy for me to pick Justin Jefferson. I have him in one of our leagues. I love him. Uh, he is a breakout guy, but I'm actually going to go with Brandon Ayuk. Uh, I know that's probably not overly fond for you, but I think that he does. He's basically like a clone of Debo Samuel, but he stays on the field. I think he does a little more. I think he's like a juiced up version of Debo. Um, I think he's their number one target. Once they get Trey Lance in there and they get rid of Jimmy G, uh, now defenses have to account for the quarterback and that gives your wide receivers extra room. You've got George Kittle coming back fully healthy to take uh, not only players away from that, but he's a freak in blocking and Ayuk is really good at those end arounds. Um, tight end, you actually stole mine. Uh, I also think that Darren Waller, you know, he... I got to see him with Baltimore starting out as a wide receiver. Um, he's just so good. He's so fluid. He's He makes it look effortless. He's a mismatch for safeties. He's a mismatch for linebackers. He's a mismatch for a lot of corners, right? You need a big, tall, physical corner to put on him. And then it's kind of like, you know, lucky at best for that. But I'm going to go and... I'm going to go back to the Eagles and pick Dallas Goddard. Uh, I think that the writing is kind of on the wall for Zach Ertz. I think that they do trade him this offseason potentially. If they don't, I think they still have this vision that Goddard is going to be that um, tight end one there. And I think you see lots of touchdowns out of that guy. Like I'm, I think double-digit touchdowns are not out of the realm for him. Um, 
let's go running back and I am going to go higher up on the, or I should say most people's board uh, with Antonio Gibson. I really like this Washington football team offense. Um, you know, Fitzmagic likes to air it out, but he, I think Rivera's smart enough to know what a weapon he has in Gibson. He has a lot, like, really good yards per carry. Uh, I think they're going to give him a lot of the ball, and now that you've got that second threat on the outside with an emerging tight end in Logan Thomas, so you got Logan Thomas, uh, you got Scary Terry, Terry McLaurin, and you've got uh, Curtis Samuel. You've got a lot of weapons to work with. It's going to take the pressure off stacking the box against him. Um, what else? Did I go through all of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and it. Um, I I just want to add on. I love Justin Fields as well. Yeah. I think he is going to be a smash hit, um, even if he's not named the starter for week one, which <laughs> he absolutely should be. And if he's not Nagy should be fired. Yeah. Um, he's definitely someone that you guys should be targeting um, because he should be, if he's not starting by week four, Jim Nagy will have lost his job by that point, And the new coach will come in and name fields, the starter. I think he is just going to be, excuse me, absolutely electric. Yeah. That's, hundred um, percent. Yeah. The, the other running back, which actually, when you're talking about guys there that just randomly popped in my mind that I actually also really, really like this year is, um, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, <laughs> <laughs> which is, uh, for anyone that wasn't listening a couple weeks ago, that's Jonathan Taylor, uh, of the Indianapolis Colts. Um, that, that's another guy that I think, uh, going into his second year, is going to get a lot more opportunities this season. Um, again, should he stay healthy? Um, he should be the, um, I guess, number one mouth to feed in that three-headed running back uh, race in Indy there. Yeah, the only thing I'm going to say about Jonathan Taylor is... Um it was it was the middle of the week earlier last week. Um, I want to say it was Stephen Holder of The Athletic uh, did an article about second-year running backs who produced 1,000 yards in their rookie season and what, what does the history tell us about succeeding in their second year? Um, and so I think he looked back to, like, the year 2000, and there was something like 30 running backs who had done that um, in that time period. And he kind of went through each one and, you know, gave a little bit of background history. So if you have The Athletic, you should check that article out. Um, I like looking at the trends because, you know, you see a lot of these guys who don't watch football, but they are so good with statistics, end up winning leagues because they just follow trends. Fancy uh, numbers. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's uh let's keep in the fantasy world but let's talk about positional value i know this comes up in every league we've ever been a part of um what do we think of positional we're not going to talk kickers uh and defenses that's silly we know there's no value in those positions 
we're not talking about our idiot kicker, as Peyton Manning loves to say. So what? how do you rank positional values, and is there some truth to loading up on a certain position that you feel has more value than others and being weak in an area? I mean, it all depends on the type of league that you're in, right? Like, um, you and I were talking the other day. I, I just got into uh, the Scott Fish Bowl 11. Um, I, I, I got into a satellite league. It, it, it's a best ball league. Um, but they have a super flex position. So in a super flex league, you're going to value quarterbacks a hell of a lot higher than you are in any other league. Like you're going to be taking a quarterback probably. I mean, I'm drafting in, in that league. I'm drafting uh, eighth overall in the first round. I'm taking a quarterback. Um, you know, I'm 95% sure in, with my first pick. Um, I guess not looking at like any super flex. Let, let, let's look at more standard type of league. And in case um, anybody isn't, up to date or knows what like the lingo we're talking about in fantasy football a super flex means that there's a flex position that you get to start somebody and it can be of any position so that could be a tight end a wide receiver a running back or a quarterback i guess you could put a kicker in there but you know i probably wouldn't yeah t- typically it it's saved for everybody but a kicker <laughs> um and, and that's the thing it's like in a super flex position, um, you should be starting a quarterback because I mean he's the guy that starts the with the ball in his hands every single play. Um, but anyways, uh, I guess in a, a you know kind of non super flex like kind of a, a normal positional league, um, I'm looking at running back. I'm not you know you you see it all over the internet you know rb0 um i'm not on the rb0 gang i believe running back still is a very valuable position in fantasy football um so usually i mean if i have the the first you know a one to six position i'm probably looking running back seven to twelve you're probably looking at best player available um whether that be wide receiver running back or if you're like 10 11 12 maybe a tight end um you know if you if you're looking at like a kittle kelsey waller type tight end um but for me why or running back is my like number one priority yeah i think i mean if you go and just google you know, fantasy football draft rankings, you're probably going to see, I don't know, eight or nine running backs in the first 10 at least. And I think the reason why they do that is because in the NFL, there's only a certain amount of starting bell cow type running backs, guys that are going to get those 25 plus touches week in week out they're guaranteed a touchdown kind of thing um so if there's only you know a handful of those guys well you want to get your hands on one of those guys or maybe you want to get your hands on two of those guys so 
that's kind of why everybody leans to running back. And I would say you and I are very similar that way. Um, the one league we're in, you and I both are kind of loaded up on running backs alike. We usually start three running backs um, and usually have a fourth one kind of uh, sitting in the way. So I, I would agree with that. Um, but like Chris said, it kind of depends on what your league is and how it's set up. Um, you know, if you're, if your league has a lot of something, well, maybe you can get away with sort of leaving that off till the end. Um, you know, our, like, our, our one league, we only have one quarterback spot to start. Um, and, and most leagues do. So unless you're going to go out and get one of the top three quarterbacks, there's not much of a position or a point differential between say like quarterback three and quarterback four. So at the end of the year, you have to look at it and say, do I really want to draft, you know, quarterback four in the second round or the third round? Cause there's a couple quarterbacks that went when really I could pick up another quality uh, starting wide receiver, maybe my starting tight end uh, and hold off on a quarterback that's going to be five point difference if I wait till the eighth round. So um, it's just always an interesting thing to talk about, like what people value. I know our buddy Ted tends to go the exact opposite way where, you know, he'll, he'll be drafting and running backs are flying off the board and he's just quietly sitting there taking all the tight ends. So he has, you know, runs the monopoly on them or, you know, takes those, people are drafting like handcuff running backs and he's getting like a DeAndre Hopkins, right? So interesting kind of things there in terms of how you position or value positions. But what about your draft strategies? I know, I know you mentioned you're drafting eighth. Does, does that change your strategy going into it? If you know you are not getting one of those top five running backs? No, I mean, again, in that league, because there is the super flex position, um, I'm fully planning at uh, the eighth overall pick. I'm fully planning on taking a quarterback. Um, I, I was talking to another buddy about this the the other day and you know he talking about draft position and like where would you prefer to pick and i mean most people are going to say like hey like where do you want to pick in your fantasy draft first overall i don't know in a redraft league like sure in our keeper league yeah i want the first or second or third overall draft pick i want a good opportunity i want the best opportunity at one of those top rookies coming in um, but in, in a redraft league, I don't want the first overall pick because I don't want to now have to wait until the last pick of the second round to make my second pick. Yeah. I would rather be in that six, seven, eight range so that I get better value in the second round. Um, as far as like, you know, values and things like that, like I said, like it, it's so like, dependent on what kind of league you're in, where you're drafting. Um, but in that six, seven, eight, like I said, that that's kind of the, the, the sweet spot where you get that, that good pick on, on the turn, not just in the first and second round, but every round you're getting that, that good value on the turn. Each round can kind of like, you know, 
you know, maybe in the first round, okay, well, I mean, maybe even a Nick Chubb is going to drop to you in that six, seven, eight range. Um, I, 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 I don't know what that's going to look like in a redraft league this year, but you could also, again, look at best pit, best player available. Oh, look, there's Devonte Adams. Okay, sure, yeah. yeah. Great pick. And you're still going to get a really good running back in the second round, right? So it, it, it's just, it's one of those things where it's so dependent on the league and where you're drafting and and what you value more. Um, for me, like I said, it's always going to be running backs first. Um, but depend if I'm eighth overall, you might be taking a, a wide receiver in the first round if you're eighth overall. And, and I'm okay with that, too. You really have to ad, ad, adjust with your draft position and your league scoring. And that's the biggest thing that I have learned in the, I mean, 10 years at least that I've been doing fantasy football. Yeah, it's, um, it's one of those impossible questions. I always find it funny when like there's podcasts just dedicated to fantasy football. And I'm like, how, how can you guys be so sure on all these things? Because it's so dependent on not only league type, league scoring, roster makeup, how many people are on your benches, but also what kind of people you are playing with. Like you might have, like you can't go into a fantasy football draft saying like, okay, like first pick, I'm going to pick a running back. Second, I'm going to pick a running back. Then I got to go wide receiver. Then I'm going back. Well, no, what happens if everybody in your league jumps on running backs and there's no good ones by like the 10th or I shouldn't say no good ones. There's no like those top tier guys left by 10th overall. Maybe you want to take the top two wide receivers and then come back later and pick up like, you know, one of those, I guess, if you want to call them like handcuff ones, maybe a Kareem Hunt later in the third or something like that, where you're still getting lots of running back value. But now you're rolling out like, you know, maybe a Devonte Adams and Tyreek Hill or something like that. That's OK. Well, uh, and that's where the, the the zero running back strategy comes in, right? Where yeah. it's like if you are drafting 10th overall, then, yeah, maybe you are going like you said, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, or maybe you're going Travis Kelsey and Michael Thomas or, you know, some combination of wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end. And then maybe in the third round, you're like, okay, like uh, maybe I'll grab a guy like um, DeAndre Swift or Miles Sanders or, uh, you know, one of those, um, I guess, call them second, maybe third tier running backs um, that are, you know, they're, they're still the RB one on their team. Um, but as far as a fantasy standpoint, they're not, you know, one of the, the upper echelon guys, right? Somebody that can give you value at the position without being, you know, a Saquon Barkley CMC kind of thing. Um, all right, we're, it's time for, uh, everybody's favorite segment third down. What you got for me today? Third down. I've got a really good one for you. I threw it together like first thing this morning. So I was like, oh man, Steve's <laughs> going to love this one. And just to pull the curtain back a little bit, I texted Steve at seven o'clock tonight being like, man, I don't even have a third down yet. Like, I don't <laughs> <laughs> I, um, 
like I mentioned earlier in the uh, in the show, I had my parents over for dinner tonight. Um, so I was just I was busy entertaining. Real family man. Yeah, I was entertaining, um, cooking dinner, running out to the barbecue, checking the oven. You know, just all all those things that uh, that comes with uh, hosting people for dinner. But I do have a bit of a uh, you know list on my phone of like okay here's things that would be really good on the third down and check that list on like okay no don't have enough time to research that don't have enough time to research that oh i could do this one so this week (laughs) really well thought out well put together third down guys um i've got uh battle of the uh cereal Oh, I was just talking cereal today. I was too, actually. I was talking with uh, with uh, Sean from Area Fifty One. We yeah, talking uh, talking cereal and yeah, you were in I... that thread too. What's that? I said you were in that thread as well from Josh. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was uh, I was enjoying a nice bowl of Oreo O's for lunch today <laughs> um, because I am a child and I still love my sugary sweet cereal. And uh, Oreo O's are uh, definitely, definitely top notch. So before we get into this, uh, maybe hit us up on Twitter because this is a real big thing going on. Um, I responded to Josh uh, with, it's a rare L for you, my dude. Uh, His thing was, do you put, when you're having cereal and milk, do you put the cereal in first or do you put the milk in first? And like every non-psychopathic person, I said, you put the cereal in first. And as soon as I clicked it, it was like 97% of people agreed with me. There, there was more than like 10 votes, by the way. Um, there was like a handful of these weirdos that are like, I put the milk in first and then gauge the level of appropriate amount of cereal. That's such a bad argument because you could use it the other way, saying I put the milk in to gauge how much cereal. You put the cereal in first. You pour the milk in until everything floats so you have more than enough milk because there's nothing worse than trying to skimp out on milk. And then you you eat it down. And then you make the decision, once there's still milk, are you still hungry? Are you going to put more cereal in, followed by more milk? Or, and here's where I might be in the minority, I don't drink the milk from the bowl. What? No, I, I find it, it's too warm for me. It, Yeah, it, it's just that- a little too warm. I know I'm probably in the minority for that one. I've never, and both my kids drink the, the bottom of the barrel milk, and I'm like, nah. It either goes in, you know, down the sink or, yeah. Okay, first of all, cereal first, because you oh, yeah. fill you fill your bowl full of cereal, and then you pour in the milk just enough so your cereal's not falling out the top of your bowl. Right. If you go reverse, you're not getting enough cereal. Right. Like, how do you know? Like, you don't know the ratio. Um. And then, like, if your milk's warm, you're not eating your cereal quick enough, bud. <laughs> like, come on, like, get that down. Sorry, milk. <laughs> get it down, man. Oh, like, eat your Chris. cereal. Um, 
Yeah, like, no, it, it's, like, who the, the, what kind of psychopath pours their milk first? First, like, well, like, I just want, like, I'm going to pour my milk in, and I'm just going to, like, measure out a cup of cereal to make sure that I, like, no. follow the, the nutritional guide. Like, no. That's why I said don't... rare L for him. Yeah. He, he's yeah. a great guy no. to follow, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Is that uh, Josh Griffith? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really good guy um, to follow, bad cereal takes. Yeah, from the unnamed sports show. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I, I just saw um, uh, Josh, Sean, and uh, Jay Bowman uh, just started a new basketball podcast called The Van Slam. Oh, um, nice. I haven't had a chance to listen yet, but uh, I will definitely give those guys a listen because uh, all really good dudes, so I'd be happy to check that one out. Uh, but anyways, l- let's get into our, our cereal showdown uh, where we pour our cereal first and then the milk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> matchup number one, I have the classic Honey Nut Cheerios versus... Oh, is this the second week in a row you're not going to ask me if I'm ready? This uh, is Steve, all right? sorts of Bush League stuff now. Are you ready? Well, not with that attitude. Try it again. I said, are you ready? Okay, now I'm ready for it. That's the enthusiasm our listeners wait for. I'm ready. Let's do this thing. Third down. Now that everyone's eardrums are blasted, <laughs> let's go. Uh, all right, let's, let's try this again. Honey Nut Cheerios versus Lucky Charms. Ooh. Uh, oh, this is a tough one because one I eat a lot more of, but okay, so I we eat a lot of Cheerios in our house. Obviously, two kids under the age of five, like we just have the double Costco pack of Cheerios at all times uh, for snacks, for as soon as they wake up, whatever, they have a little, little something to eat. Um, I do, I miss... Lucky Charms, though, like there was this little bits of kind of this Cheerio like material. And then you got like blasted with these dry marshmallows. They're they're good. Um, But I think Honey Nut Cheerios are just such classics. Like I I sit down and eat bowls of them dry or with milk, actually Um, good both ways. So for that reason, I will I'll go with Honey Nut Cheerios on the first one here. Yeah, I think that's uh I, I think that's the best choice uh um, shoot i made their own choice then no <laughs> lucky charms the weird little like cardboard marshmallows like as a kid it's fun as an adult i'm like oh these are terrible yeah. um so honey nut <laughs> cheerios like you said it's, it's one of those things that like i can just sit down and eat honey nut cheerios at any time uh the next matchup I've got, uh, which actually might be my favorite, the Reese's Peanut Butter Puffs versus Captain Crunch. Oh. Well, I have not had a whole lot of the Reese Peanut Butter Puffs ones. I remember that they're delicious. Um, as an adult, I'm not as big of a fan of the sugary cereals like you had mentioned you are. Um but a little fun fact, I only eat Cap'n Crunch 
and one other cereal. I'll save it for in case you you have it on there. Uh, only for when we're camping. It's the only time I eat certain types of cereals. And uh, although they destroy the roof of your mouth, like little diamonds digging into your throat and cutting everything up in there, uh, I got to go with Cap'n Crunch. I love that stuff. Uh, as much as I said, Reese's Peanut Butter Puffs are my favorite. Cap'n Crunch, I mean, y- you can't go wrong there either. Yeah. Uh, other than, you know, tasting a little bit of blood with your cereal. <laughs> Just a little extra iron that you already had in your body that you're getting to reabsorb. Exactly. Yeah. Protein. <laughs> <laughs> little shards of your mouth actually going in there. Mmm. Meat uh, with your Captain Crunch. <laughs> Captain. A couple more matchups here. Um, I've got uh, which these ones kind of cut you up a little bit as well, but I, I've got corn pops uh, versus frosted flakes. Hmm. I don't think I truly appreciated corn pops as a kid. They were always one of the ones that got left in that like family package one. And it was like, oh, we only have corn pops left as an adult. I actually quite enjoy them. Uh, Sorry, what was the other pick? I totally forgot. <laughs> Drown a blank. Uh, who's my, not listening? My to brain is literally uh, melting in this heat. Frosted Flakes. Oh, Frosted Flakes. Sorry. <laughs> You're great, Chris. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's got to be Frosted Flakes. Um, the, the, the so fun good thing about you can't even is, remember it. Yeah. <laughs> so good I couldn't remember it. But I feel like Frosted Flakes are one of those rare cereals where you don't mind eating it when it goes soggy. Because it goes soggy so quick, you've just learned to love eating it whether it's soggy or not. Um, But with that being said, you always eat Frosted Flakes way too fast because you're like, I got to eat them before they get too soggy. And of course, if you know anything about eating, you eat something too fast, you're still hungry. So you go always go back for a second bowl of Frosted Flakes. And it's Tony the Tiger. Like, is there a better, like, line in cereals than they're great? Like, what a great job by Kellogg's though, hey? Like, Let's take basic ass cornflakes, put a little bit of sugar <laughs> coating on them, and rebrand them as frosted flakes, and have people buy both. Yeah, right. I I must admit though, I hate feeding my kids frosted flakes because they do go so soggy so quick that it's just like they struggle as they get more and more soggy, and so I'm like always having to sit there being like, "Eat your goddamn breakfast!" I'm like, "Hurry, hurry, eat them, eat them, go, 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 yeah. go!" Like. Feeding my kids who can, like, I mean, feed themselves at this point. And I'm like, oh, like, they're like, soggy, but eat them. Yeah. When, um, you, when you have those, you basically have to have your spoon in your hand, like, ready. Maybe even dug into the cereal. And you're like, are you ready, kids? You're ready? Okay, daddy's going to pour the milk in. Get ready. And, like, the milk isn't even out yet. And you're like, just go for it. You'll get some on the way on the first bite. Looking like a kid saying, are you ready? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Last matchup here. um, I'm going to call this the heavyweight matchup. Uh, These are two probably some of my, these are two of my favorites. Uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, you knew it was going to be on here versus Fruit Loops. Really? 
Yeah. That's your heavyweight matchup. Who doesn't like cinnamon toast crunch? You got fifty percent like of it right. You definitely got fifty percent of it right. So Fruit Loops are the other ones that I only eat when we're camping because I honestly could eat a whole box of those just at any point in my existence. If they're there, I'm gonna eat the whole. Like, I can't just have a bowl of Fruit Loops. I gotta eat the whole thing. So Fruit Loops are the heavyweight, but cinnamon toast crunch. Are really? you out of your mind? I can think of two better ones. You got Raisin Bran. Delightful. It's good for you. You get a little bit of nature's candy and raisin with your bran. I mean, Beautiful sure. Balance. You want to make sure that you're regular. Well, yeah. You, you ever like being plugged up? I sure don't. I mean, Steve, like, <laughs> we're old, but, like, come on, bud. We're not that old that we oh. need to be like, Raisin Bran is the best Raisin Bran there, is delightful. Kids. And on, if man. you... If you think any differently, you're in denial. Like, don't do me wrong. I don't mind a good bowl of raisin bran, but like to delightful. say it's in the like, no way. Cinnamon toast crunch. Like, are you yeah. two? Are you two? Yes. Oh I well, you, I it's pretty obvious that you're here. two. Like, I'm a child that likes sugar cereals. Like, uh, how wouldn't cinnamon toast crunch be in this matchup? And the other one you missed out on, which is very underrated, is Shreddies. You are a 80-year-old man. Shreddies are delightful. You've got, no. like, a nice balance of no. just everything. No, you um, are an 80-year-old man. With another good one nope. is, uh, oh, what are those ones called? I can see them. They're kind of like... It'll come to me. Uh, needless to say, I don't think it's a surprise where I'm going with this one. Um, I'm not a big fan of like we we did a third down with candy on it. And I admitted that I am a candy fiend. I love candy, um, but I do not like sugary cereals. Like if I want to wake up in the morning and eat sugar, I just go and grab my gummy bears. Why do I need to do it with like artificial cinnamony flavor? If I wanted cinnamon flavor, I toast myself up a nice piece of rye bread and I put some cinnamon sugar on it like every normal adult would do. But no, you got to go cinnamon toast crunch. I, I couldn't be more disappointed delicious. in you right now. OK, but I don't actually eat breakfast so when i have a bowl of cereal it's actually my lunch okay fair. and also you're an 80 year old man <laughs> who just needs to make sure that he stays regular so uh, i mean if we're talking like the probably like the champion of cereals i used to eat this a ton in universe probably because i was poor but it's also really it's really good it's good for you um, so vector love vector <laughs> lots of little pieces in there uh I could I could sit down and eat at least three bowls of Ector easily. S kids, if you're listening to this, don't listen to Chris. Cereal is not all about the sugary substance. If you want a sugary cereal, save it for when you're out camping like the rest of us do. If you're going to have some cereal, uh, have something that's tasty, but also maybe a little good for you. And if you don't want to do that, you might as well just have candy for breakfast. So or maybe a pop. Maybe you just have like a, you know, a Coca-Cola for breakfast if you're going by Chris's, uh, you know, cereal strategies here. So uh, here at the Ballhawks podcast, we cannot endorse eating Cinnamon Toast Crunch 
for breakfast. <laughs> Kids, don't listen to the old man Steve Fisher there. Live your life. Eat the sugar cereal. <laughs> eat those cinnamon toast crunch. I had a bowl of Oreo O's for lunch today, and it was fantastic. <laughs> and Steve, with his shreddies and his goddamn raisin bran, can beat it, bud. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna have Oreo O's for for lunch, just have Oreos. Like, why put no. on this facade like you're doing something good for your? Like, oh, I'm having some cereal for lunch. No, you're not. You're having Oreos. So just nope. don't go in and get I'll- Oreo O's. Go and have double stuffed Oreos. Much no. better. Dunk it in your milk if you really want that. I didn't want to. I, I also didn't have Oreos in my cupboard, so I had the Oreo O cereal <laughs> <laughs> that I bought from my kids, air quotes. Yeah. And uh, I enjoy, I don't eat it all the time, but I was like, today I was like, oh, I just want some Oreos and it's so good. Um, anyways, let's, I guess, run down your your top four here even though we all know that like your top your mvp is probably raisin brand because you're basic af um <laughs> anyways um honey nut cheerios uh fruit loops frosted flakes and captain crunch who's your mvp when you say it back like that i've got a great lineup like i've got a good lineup of I mean, like it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with that lineup. Like I would eat all four of those cereals as well. Um, but to like poo poo on cinnamon toast crunch is just, I think I've had cinnamon toast crunch once and I was like, meh, there's a lot of other better. Like I, I would rather have a cinnamon bun for breakfast. If I'm going to go cinnamon toast crunch, I'd rather have a raisin bran (laughs) so I can make sure to be regular today. Um, I'm going to go with my MVP. I think pre kids, I would have called fruit loops. My MVP post kids. I think Cheerios have saved me more times than I can even imagine. Like, Hey daddy, we need a snack. Here's a bowl of Cheerios or like it's even saved me, man. I'm really hungry. I don't want to do anything like cook Hey, bowl of Cheerios. They're great. They're delicious. They got a little bit of sweetness to them. They're, I'm sure they're somewhat good for you in terms of like fibrous content and not just pure sugar. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Honey Nut Cheerios for this one. You took this third down way wrong. (laughs) We're not talking about like what's like, oh, like this one's pretty good for you and it's healthy and it's got fiber. No, like we're looking for the best cereal. I guess I'll accept your answer of honey nut cheerios i do enjoy a good bowl of honey nut cheerios myself um fruit loops also fantastic um but i don't know like if you I'm, had to pick I'm, one who would you out of even the ones you didn't answer cinnamon toast crunch your mvp uh honestly probably reese's peanut butter puffs actually okay i might yeah. have to give those yeah. another try I, I love reese's like it's such a good chocolate bar Anytime you get uh, peanut butter and, and chocolate together, it's you know just Actually, money. I, 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 I take that back. I love Reese's Peanut Butter Puffs. They're fantastic. But if I'm going something that like I can eat like all the time, it, it's actually it, it's Fruit Loops. Um, yeah. But you definitely have me questioning this partnership right now, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't worry. It's not just me thinking. That. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, we've got uh, our mailbag of the week segment here. So our first question comes uh, from Facebook uh, by our buddy Liam Haggerty, uh, who all around great guy, also our, our Bengals aficionado. So this question is going to make quite a lot of sense. With so many teams focusing on improving their O-line, who might be available to shore up in that area via trade? I'm in... Trade's a tough one for me. I'm going to go... I would think it's somebody that's going to get cut. If you're going to pick somebody up, it's probably somebody that's been cut or somebody that's going to get cut in those 90 men that get sort of uh, as roster cuts. Like, maybe they even look at a DeCastro. Like we talked about earlier in the show, that makes a lot of sense. They've played against DeCastro for a long time. They know what they would be getting with him if he's healthy He's a difference maker, and you tend to see that a lot in the NFL where uh, players move within the division because they know the team so well. So I don't know about trade. That's a really tough one. Maybe a team like the Saints is looking to make some you know, additional salary cap money, and they want to trade one of those players away because they have like a young guy coming up. I, trade's a really tough one for me to predict. Also because the Ravens usually just look for those roster dumps. Uh, and they've been pretty successful. Do you do you got anyone for trade you thought of? No, I agree. I mean, if, if it's anybody, I mean, David DeCastro is suddenly available. Um, but trying to predict a trade, especially on the offensive line, uh, it, it is very, very, very difficult. Um, because every team is trying to find an advantage, especially at that position, um, to protect, I mean, their franchise. I mean, most teams' quarterback is their franchise. Um, So, yeah, trying to predict a trade or who might be available, um, especially at this point in the offseason, too too difficult to predict. Sorry, Liam. Yeah, I think if you have... uh... I think if you have starting O-linemen, you hold on to them. And if you you don't have them, you're looking for other people's maybe like young cuts or uh, maybe undrafted free agents that don't make it. You know, you got to look elsewhere. There's not a lot of times where, um, for example, the Ravens and the Chiefs trading Orlando Brown to the Chiefs. That doesn't happen that often. Like, it's very rare that starting quality O-linemen get traded um, as opposed to uh, released or cut, especially this late in the process uh, after draft, everything else. Yeah, I I was just going to say, especially at this point in the offseason or, you know, is it close enough now that we could say preseason that, yeah, you don't really see, you know, um, you know, you used Orlando Brown. Um, Dwayne Brown is a, another one. The, I mean, the mm-hmm. Seahawks acquired him a couple of seasons ago. Um, but that was, I think, after, I want to say after week four. Um, or Laramie Tunsil when he yeah. went from the Dolphins to the Texans. Again, that was that that wasn't happening at the end of June. Um, so it, yeah, it, it, it just, it, it's too early to predict any sort of trades. 
we might see some some guys that get cut or or you know some uh, current free agents like I mean again David DeCastro that just got cut uh, Mitchell Schwartz is another guy that's out there that is still available that could be signed to improve the offensive line so I I, I think before trades happen teams will have to exhaust the free agency pool totally uh he has a question number two what players seem poised for a major breakout this season not including rookies do you want to take the first stab at this one yeah for sure um i mean i already mentioned him a little bit in my fantasy football preview there about jalen hurts but he's not even really my guy that i'm predicting to break out um this is another guy that um a lot of people are actually targeting in fantasy football a lot of especially in keeper leagues and dynasty leagues and things like that uh that's a lot of people are expecting to break out this year is tj hawkinson uh you know he of the tight end university um There's nobody in Detroit to catch the ball, man. Who is Jared Goff going to throw to? I don't know. Um, So it's, I mean, he's poised to break out just based on the fact that, I mean, Jared Goff made uh, Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby. Um, They both had really good seasons with Goff as the quarterback. So Goff clearly likes the tight end position. Um, And Detroit, I mean, they don't really have a wide receiver one. So I, I, I think uh, Hawkinson's going to see a lot of those targets. Um, could be, you know, one of those guys that, uh, you know, even though he's a tight end by um, description or by position, is really going to be more so a, uh, I guess, from a fantasy standpoint, like having a wide receiver in that tight end position. Yeah, that's a good pick. Um, Again, there's just nobody to pass to in Detroit. So just by process of elimination, he's going to get a ton of looks. He's talented. Um, I'm actually going with another player that a lot of people are seeing as, you know, someone they want to pick up uh, for a big breakout year has to do with that Detroit LA trade and that's Cam Akers. Uh, you know, now they have a quarterback who can really rifle the ball. So DBs safeties have to be honest on that receiving core. And uh, that just opens up the game for, uh, you know, the running back. And finally, Matthew Stafford is going to have somebody who can take a little pressure off him. And I think it's just going to work really well both ways for that one. His third and final question from Liam. If you could have one player added to your team without giving anything up, no cap implications, just one guy who would look good on the squad, who would it be? This is a cool question. It's like your dream scenario. You just won 70 million in Lotto Max. Like, what are you buying? I saw this and I really struggled. Like, can I say like in his prime, Deion Sanders? Like, no, is, this is has that to be a current player. What's that? Sorry, current player. Current player oh, has to be a man. current. You're adding them to the Seahawks right now. Who is it going to be? 
All right. Well, Chris is figuring his life out and yeah. trying to circumvent Can, the yeah. question yeah. once yeah. again. Like, um, I am going. I also struggled with this one because there were so many fun choices, and uh, you know, I thought about a DK Metcalf because who wouldn't want that guy on their team? Um, I'm actually going to a position where the Ravens need help or they're just unproven right now. And that's pass rusher. And then I started thinking of like, well, which pass rusher would I want? And there's so many good ones again where, and then I'm back to square one struggling. And then I thought to myself, if I could take either miles Garrett or TJ Watt from the opponent and place them on my team, that's a double whammy. So, uh, Honestly, I wouldn't care which one. I would probably go with Miles Garrett because I think he has more upside, more natural talent. Uh, I think he's a better all-around pass rusher. But if I could take either one of those guys from the Browns or from the Steelers, have them on my team and not have to face them, that would be a dream scenario for me. And I don't have to pay Miles Garrett his massive contract. Um, and I don't have to give up like five first rounders for him. Yeah. Um, Actually, yes. Okay. Thank you for pointing me in the right direction. Um, I mean, we all know uh, what the Seahawks Achilles heel is uh, going into this season. I mean, Christian asked it a couple weeks ago, um, and I said DB is yeah. the biggest question in Seattle. Um, and I guess, it, it, you know, um, it, it, there's so many good DBs in this league, and and that's where I was really struggling. It's like, where do I go? And like, do I go JC Jackson? Do I go Jair Alexander? Like, do I go you know one of those good young guys down in Tampa Bay that uh, I, I spoke so highly of? Um, but no, it is exactly like you said. You take from your opposition, you make them weaker, uh, and in you know, the the return, you get that much better. So how the hell did I not think of this sooner? Mm-hmm. And again, thank you, Steve, for pointing me in the right direction. Jalen Ramsey. Oh, how good would Jalen Ramsey look in a Seahawks uniform with Jimmy Jamal Jaylen Adams Ramsey behind him? All, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Like, all that day would be long, Jimmy Jalen Ramsey. talking like, team ever. I don't care who's on the other side. Like I said a couple of weeks ago, like <laughs> Jalen Ramsey is one of the best cornerback duos in the league by himself because he just shuts down the number one wide receiver. So yeah, give me Jalen Ramsey. Uh, no strings attached. Doesn't cost me anything. He's in a Seahawks uniform, uh, and whoever's on the other side of the field, I don't care. Um, yeah, absolutely. The best Jaylen part about Ramsey. that question is, like I said, it's like you know, you won 70 million. What are you buying? You're like, there's no wrong answer to this. Not only am I not paying all of this, like uh draft capital for him, not, I am not taking on his contract and, you know, it like severely weakens the other team. But man, thinking about Jalen Ramsey as a Seahawk with Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner, like that's a mean, mean team. And man, are you going to hear about it? You're going to yeah, hear about yeah. it every second you're on the field with those guys on there. And I love that idea. Almost as good as that Seahawks defense with Richard Sherman, Bobby <laughs> Wagner, Cam Chancellor, and Earl Thomas. Almost as good. Almost. But not quite. Not quite. 
because Cam Chancellor eats nightmares for breakfast. Yeah. Um, okay, our next question comes from our buddy Matt on Facebook. Uh, if you haven't checked out his stuff, go to Instagram, look up at uh, Matt F Photography. The guy is an absolute wizard with the camera. Uh, I know he's done photo shoots for us and uh, he makes me look kind of respectable. So uh, if he can do that, he can literally do anything with a camera. So go check out his work on Instagram. This is a hilarious question and I'm pretty sure but by the looks of you smiling there, I know you've seen this question kind of a little bit of like a a little dig, but I'm going to roll with this a little seriously. Can you tell me why the Seahawks are your second favorite teams? Vikings. Or uh, can you tell me why, sorry, can you tell me why the Vikings are your second favorite team? Uh, Yeah, I had had a little Seahawks talk on my brain there. Wasn't wasn't that funny if it was Seahawks involved in there. No, Um, it wasn't. It's funny because I, I don't dislike the Seahawks or, oh my goodness, Jesus Christy. <laughs> you know what? I just quit this question. Stupid question. What ep- Matt, you're stupid. What? Ep- yeah, I'm, I'm going to ask you, what episode is this? <laughs> I don't know. One. <laughs> to, to Steve's, to, to give him a bit of a break here, um, Steve is in his office with no AC, so I think his brain is slightly melting through his headphones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, the Vikings are not a team I dislike. I said it earlier. Uh, I love Jefferson. Uh, they got a strong running game in Dalvin Cook. Their defense last year underperformed, but uh, under Mike Zimmer, they've been a really strong defense uh, that, you know, has that nasty edge to it. So they kind of remind me of a stylistic play like the Ravens would normally do, where they rely on a run first game. Uh, you know, strong defense, um, defensive and special teams minded like coaches in Mike Zimmer. He also coached in the AFC North forever. So a funny question, but uh, I don't dislike the Vikings. I just really dislike Kirk Cousins because he is more. He's just like a higher paid Andy Dalton, maybe. Like, he's just, he's not that good. He might have been, maybe Brady was talking about Kirk Cousins. Like, you're going to stick with that, mother effer? It might have been Kirk Cousins. That's what I said. Yeah. Uh, The, uh, why are the Minnesota Vikings my second favorite team? Um, Would Justin Jefferson, yeah, he's, he's cool and all. (laughs) Um, But I'm going to give it to uh, the simple fact the Minnesota Vikings have the second best color rush jersey in the NFL. Oh, good call. Purple jersey with the yellow numbers. Um, I don't know why that's not their fun jerseys. Yeah, like why is that not their regular look? Um, Ditch the white numbers, go purple with yellow numbers full time. It's such a good look. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my answer as to why they're my second favorite team, because they have the second best color rush Jersey. Um, again, talking about the chargers and their uniform set, they have the chargers have the best color rush in the entire NFL. Great question, Matt. 
There was nothing sarcastic about that. Yeah. Uh, we are almost creeping up on two hours, so this is the end of the show. But before we go, I want to give a big shout out to uh, Derek M., uh, from the What A Play podcast. Those guys are down doing their thing in Texas. Uh, maybe like, I don't know, maybe like an hour before we came on, I got an alert on my phone and I, I text you about it. I was like, you know when you get those alerts where it tells you your screen time usage on Sundays? I thought that's what it was. And I looked a little bit closer and uh, it said that Derek M. has favorited your podcast on uh anchor so appreciate that i gave him a shout out on twitter and uh you know they're big supporters of what we do so if you guys get a chance you can check out their stuff uh it's what a play podcast w-a-t-t-a play podcast uh thanks for listening guys we appreciate it we uh like the good good comments and uh favoriting us on uh where you're listening to your podcasts so as always chris i leave you with the final words of the night how did we do a two-hour episode tonight i'm oh my i'm impre- i'm impressed with our ability to talk um <laughs> thank you guys for listening uh you know every week we really appreciate it please be sure to go uh you know, if you haven't already, subscribe to Ballhawks Podcast on Apple, on Spotify. Uh, give us a rating. Leave us a review. Uh, we would love to see what you guys think of the show. Uh, you know, leave us some feedback. Uh, we're always looking to get better. Um, and, you know, we can't get better without you guys' feedback. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Ballhawks underscore pod instagram same handle uh we're over on facebook we're over on uh youtube like i said we've been lacking a little bit on the youtube videos but we are there please go uh subscribe over there as well um you can find me i'm on twitter uh it's chris phillips at phillips chris 12 uh and of course as always guys go hawks peace come on let's go to the blue hotel the podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares it's for the open-minded the pleasure seeker it's jeff woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality theme-based with special guests the blue hotel hotline and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks undercurrent podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. 
Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. <laughs>